0: the February Cabinet meeting. Um, item 1, apologies for absence. Uh, we have an apology from Vic Ranger. Declarations of interest?
1: As an Essex County Council chairman.
0: Okay. Minutes for the previous meeting, are they a true record? Questions or statements from non-executive members? I don't think there are any. Uh, Matters referred to the executive by the scrutiny committee as opposed to the report from the scrutiny committee. Nothing. Um, any report from scrutiny?
2: Probably makes sense, Chairman, if I report back on the last meeting, which was about your main agenda item, but if yep. I do it separately from the yep, I think discussion on yep. the. Um, uh, on the budget itself the um, the committee met on the thirty um, first of January to look at the budget that you have on your agenda for tonight um, it one of the, I, I mentioned one other matter which was it 's worth reporting that um, the committee will be receiving a report at its meeting on the 21st of March. This is a drawing together of the various ideas that have come forward from the task group that we established some time back on affordable housing or new ways of delivering affordable housing. So that uh, there will be a report at our next meeting. However, um, on um, a week last Thursday... We, we discussed the budget, had a very succinct and uh, structured informative uh, presentation from, from Councillor Howell um, uh, and I think that was assisted by the neater um, structure of the papers for the budget this time. I think that, that was an imp- or it is an improvement, the same as you have before you tonight, so it was helpful uh, that the format had changed, and I think that helped uh, also in our understanding of the the committee's understanding of what's in tonight's main business the um, I'll, I'll pick out the the key points that were were raised we we I mean, we, we talk through the budget, we ask questions, and all I'm going to do is just tell you the, the matters that mm-hmm. that came up at the meeting, and I, I happen to be fortunate enough to have the draft minutes before me, or with me. They haven't yet been published. The uh, point came up, um, uh, one of the members asked the, about the um, budgeting process overall, um, and whether there was um, a a zero-based budgeting process in place, and we were reassured that uh, that there is and that parts of the budget have been looked at in that way. So that was welcomed. The point was raised about whether the the budget included any proposals for new investment um, in council housing or housing by the council, particularly taking into account the, um, the, the, the lifting of the cap by central government. We were informed that, um, that there isn't actually any new cash in there yet, uh, but that work is in hand to draw up background proposals such that maybe by the time, certainly by this time next year, that the, the money will be put in when, when there is a greater understanding of what, what will be possible and what, what the aspirations, I guess, of the new council will be. So that, that was noted as uh, something in train and uh, certainly speaking personally, I hope that uh, we do see something emerge in due course there were several or a couple of questions about the having looked at having heard from councillor howell and looked at the papers on the somewhat more radical approach to uh, investment increasing the amount of money that the council could potentially invest in new areas to plug the decline in income. Um, there was there was discussion about the, the need for better oversight, better scrutiny, better governance arrangements for for the council's investment processes. And I think that um, that's probably something that uh, scrutiny would consider taking on board to lead, in terms of identifying improved arrangements for the council. I've got a, a few thoughts on that. That um, there, are, there are sources of information such as the um, Public Sector Accounting Organisation (SIPA). So uh, um, there has been discussion uh, in the past with the. Um, the, the, the National Scrutiny organization who've got some ideas on that, there are examples i'm sure from other authorities about how they're going about it, some of whom I think are probably a bit further ahead with us I, I think you know I think there's a need to look at how the existing companies that the council has in aspire are structured and to see whether they um, could have more non-executive directors involved, and I think there's a case for reviewing the council membership involvement, depending on the, the setup. So I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that uh, potentially could be looked at. So that's something I'm going to. Be suggesting in due course, and I might as well mention at this stage, just to throw in that yesterday, Councillor Howell and I had a meeting. Because if you remember last year, there was um, we had the CFPS, the Centre for Public Scrutiny, did a review of the way scrutiny works here, and they came up with quite a number of uh, recommendations, which were put into a draft action plan. It, took some, it has taken some time, but Councillor Howell and I managed to get together yesterday. There, we've got some draft um, draft um, documentation, which I won't go into in any detail at this meeting, but that, uh, the expectation is that we'll, we'll be taking those ideas to scrutiny in March and hope that uh, both, both parties, the, the executive and scrutiny, can... Sign up to and, and, and improve the way we, we work within Uttlesford, uh, uh, how this scrutiny process works, and hopefully therefore the way that the cabinet works as well, in other words, all the way round so but that 's that's for, that's for March um, so there 's quite, um, there, there was quite um, a bit of discussion there that I think we can, we can take forward the um, just bear with me a second. And there were, one member did raise the question on the investment strategy about the advisability of investing in commercial activities outside the district, and I think that the, that the point he was making was that um, we must avoid trying to get into a sort of upward bidding arrangement against other authorities by... I don't think that he uses word well, but trespassing and other patches such that we get into um, a bidding an upward bidding process but that that was just one bit of advice that came from one of the members um, and those were really the the, the the main the main discussion points um, we We had one member of the um, public who came along whom you know chairman. Uh, again, who raised concerns about the governance arrangements for um, Council's investments. So it was really just adding to the um, input on that particular subject. So that really sums that meeting up, Mr Chairman. Um, No, well, thank you very much
0: for that. And uh, on the substantive rather than the last point, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of... um, Uh, understanding with what you've said I I, I won't uh, because I'm sure Councillor Howell will cover a lot of that Um, but the the, the point about the cap is is also well made and I don't think we intend to wait for a year this is all about doing a study in terms of what is the affordability Um, and that work has already started so in principle uh, we will build council houses if we can afford to do that Um, so uh, welcome to uh, one councillor, one member of the public who's joined uh, since we started. And I think um, mm. councillor Foley will be very interested in item mm. 11.
1: Which one? Didn't we start it? Pardon? Two councillors.
0: Well, <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <poorly> I'm sorry, Paul.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was thinking of Safford
0: I do apologise. I do apologise. <laughs> councillor Fairhurst, who is indeed a, an esteemed councillor of uh, Uttlesford. Uh, but councillor uh, Foley, I think, will be interested in item 11 and um, that I understand would quite like to um, bring that up the order. We're disappointed that you don't want to listen to Councillor Howell's uh, presentation on the budget, but you'll probably hear it again on another occasion. So if I may, um, Cabinet, we'll move to page 197 for those of you who i uh, got numbered uh, copies, and I'll ask uh, Councillor Barker to present uh, item 11, which is the Thaxted neighbourhood plan.
1: So, Chairman, can I go after this as well? Uh, yeah. <laughs> chairman, thank you very much. Uh, members, you, members, you will recall that the Thaxted neighbourhood plan is, in all its glory, um, came to Cabinet a while back, and there were a number of recommendations that were made, and we approved the neighbourhood plan to go forward to a referendum incorporating those uh, suggested amendments. I'm pleased to say that Thaxter came out in their droves, all 35% of them, and the vast majority of those people um, who voted in the referendum, and I'll find the figures in a minute, around 55 against, 896 votes, of which 861 were in favour and 35 votes, voted no. Um, you'll be aware that this plan has now come back here and the recommendation we have is to formally make the neighbourhood plan. I would add, Chairman, there are some costs associated to the neighbourhood plan um, and those costs can be refunded from MHCLG once this plan is made. So that's the recommendation, Chairman, to recommend to Council that the Flagstead neighbourhood plan is formally made as part of the statutory development plan for the district.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Redfern, thank you very much. we are obviously delighted to receive uh, this um, recommendation, and uh, I went along to an earlier um, parish council meeting at Thaxted. They have done a great piece of work. Um, we are so supportive of neighbourhood plans in principle, um, and uh, clearly uh, they need to be in line with the local plan. But it uh, gives. Um, the community—it's uh, not just its input, but a degree of protection. And of course, if we did adopt SIL, it gives us a fair slice of cash as well. So, um, all those in favour of the recommendation, carried unanimously. Congratulations, Thaxted, you did a great job, and good luck. Thank you. They'd be le- delighted to know.
3: <laughs> good. I wasn't
0: expecting a problem, but I was
4: in the neighbourhood. <laughs> I'll stay a bit longer if you don't
0: mind. Yeah, of course. Yeah, OK. So um, we actually, I have, I have jumped because uh, we, um, uh, we're on the uh, item five. So a report of delegated decisions taken by cabinet members. I don't think there have been any. Uh, report on assets of community value determined by the assets of community value. No. There hasn't, haven't been any. So that does bring us to item eight, the budget covering report. And I suspect the uh, item nine um, as well. Councillor Howell.
4: Thank you, Leader. Councillors, um, can I start off by thanking Mr. Webb and Mrs. Knight and all the members of the finance team for the work in preparing the budget? An enormous amount of work goes into this uh, over a number of months, culminating with full council next week. Uh, The paper runs to 150 pages. it's gone through on the 31st of January. There were opportunities available for all groups to have on the contents prior to presenting it to cabinet. Uh, I'm not sure which groups have taken. I know some have. I'm going to assume that much of the has been read, um, and we don't have to deal with too much of the detail. But I do want to talk about the general themes. format has also changed somewhat. Is a these as So we have a series of 18 on pages 13 to 14. Uh, that change when we get to that. Um, I'll deal with in turn. If you don't mind, however, I won't take them in the order they're published. Because while I recognise that they are all on equal importance, the narrative that I want to try and present this evening does require you to start off and culminate at these a, a, B, and C's. Do the same thing that's off with some ancillary, never important uh, documents with the numbers of the budget for training. Start with B on pay- which is the treasury management strategy um, what this deals with uh, this paper overall of course is the budget for the year ahead 2019-20 it seeks to look ahead over the next five years but I will by its nature a lot changes taken place in the council's budget over the last four years it's very much a trend uh, budget so if you don't mind we'll start by turning to page 9, Treasury Management Strategy. Um, well, clearly, the Treasury Management Strategy of this Council has changed very substantially over the last few um, years. We've taken on significant amounts of borrowing. The largest single item of borrowing is, of course, £86 million pounds relating to the Housing Revenue Account. But, of course, our investment strategy has also required us for the first time to take on additional borrowing. So we have a total borrowing of £86 million pounds with the housing revenue account, £17.5 million pounds connected to our investment with Chesterford Research Park. Um, the, the helpful document, I think, probably within this is Table 1 uh, on page 62 uh, under Note 17. So, as at the 30th of November 2018, the authority held 104 million of borrowings and 13 million of investments. Um, this report, or a, a format of this report, regularly comes to, to Cabinet, so there's a good deal of visibility. Um, and we've had a continuing discussion about how our borrowing and our investment strategy has evolved over the last few years. Um, on page uh, 16, Of our
1: liabilities
4: in 2022, and 7 million are forecast to grow to 128 million during the lifetime of the medium-term financial strategy. Um, I do need to refer to one of the changes set out in this document uh, and here in this report, and that is recommendation under. Appendix D, I'm beginning to think this format, might not work quite so well. Um, Appendix, sorry, recommendation 11, uh, Roman numeral X1, is to approve the amended maximum level of investment for other local authorities from £6 million to £3 million per local authority as set out in the Counterparties Table within the Treasury Management Strategy. And that refers specifically to Table 3 on page 67, the middle column... Fourth box up from the bottom, the three million had previously been... The recommendation of Arling Close, this recommendation is that we limit the, uh, our, our, our exposure, our, our limit, limits of investment with any single uh, local authority from six million down to three million. Uh, uh, and the total exposure of the authority in total 50 million. This is any one single uh, local authority moving on if you don't mind then i'll refer you to onwards to the capital strategy which is appendix e starts off on page 79 we have planned capital investments of 17 million pounds in the budget year 2019-20 um, so a significant amount of money as set out under one On page, that details. um, uh, They primarily comprises a range of items, but includes vehicle replacements, asset maintenance, and the ICT development. Um, And there is also a an increase in expenditure on our investments relating to Chesterford Research. I have to remind you that the. Recorded separately, but the budget includes the building of 16 new houses over the forecast period. Um, I also need to refer you to the minimum revenue provision statement for 2019 20 set out under Annex E1 on page 89. If you're happy, then with it, I'll move you on if you don't mind to Appendix F, which is our capital program for 2019 20. 2023 24 set um, out on f1 and you'll see a significant amount of investment broken down by portfolio um, so the to give you an example um, 6.585 million of investment for lifetime under our fund and our housing revenue account uh, capital investment programme totals nearly $35 million. Uh, These numbers uh, on page 95 of the vehicle replacement programme um, which includes a a significant amount of additional new uh, new vehicles and the first of those will be arriving shortly. You'll know that this is a common theme through each of the budget presentations that that I've made over the last three, four years, a rolling programme of investment to ensure that we have a completely new fleet of refuse vehicles uh, and vehicles related to to, to all of our community services to ensure that we are fit for, for purpose. They are fully funded and ready to go uh, on page 98 there's a full breakdown of the housing revenue account uh, investment again significant amounts of, of investments um, not only within Walden place um, but the moors um, and ace and and also unidentified required builds as well so on F3 which is financing program, we break down how our our housing revenue account program is being financed. Appendix G on page 101 deals specifically with the housing revenue account and I'm happy to invite Councillor Redfern to speak to this item as well if she has any particular comments to make. What I need to remind councillors is that the decisions about the in the housing revenue account continue to be made in the context of a 30-year business plan that we have in place and that was last debated and updated by Cabinet in January 2016 has a number of highlights set out in uh, note 8 on the report on page 101, such as the planned maintenance replacement works, a new build programme and service improvements, a one-for-one replacement of right-to-buy sales, the remodelling and modernising of our sheltered housing schemes, and there's a good deal of uh, evidence uh, to support that as being part of our strategy and approach. I'll refer you also, if you don't mind, to something that Councillor Dean referred to the subject of discussion um, at, at scrutiny around the debt cap removal. So if you refer to, to pages, page 102, although, although the details have yet to be announced, it would seem it will make it easier for the Council to access additional funds. However, the decision to increase the HRA borrowings is not just dependent on whether it's permitted, but also it needs to be affordable. Um, We already are committed to building homes for local people um, and we've made reference here on a number of occasions to the fact that Oxford is one of the few... And since the introduction of the self-financing, the Council has been able to build over 100 homes despite the previous borrowing cap. So we will look at what the opportunities are once the cap is removed, um, but subject, of course, to the caveats that I've set out on item... Sorry, not item, on note 13 in particular. Um, The other things that I need to probably draw to your attention are... On page 108, the detailed budget for the housing revenue account for 2019-20. And then on pages 109 through to 118, the business plan and the priorities for action. Um, I need also to refer you to the fact that this document has gone through the Tenants Forum uh, and has... I can't remember. And the, housing board, and the Housing Board. And has come with their recommendations for approval. Um, but but it's, it is important to note that there is the prospect of this growing and developing quite significantly in the years ahead uh, as a consequence of the debt cap being removed. Moving on, if you don't mind then, to Appendix H, which is the General Fund and Council Tax 2019. This is the one that gets the headlines. Somehow buried at page 119, it doesn't really um, give you what you might expect. Um, you will recall that we did a consultation during the course of the. a very significant response from members of the public. I think perhaps uh, I think it was true to say that it was the, the most widely responded response that we had in the history of. And very significantly more so than, than um, many of other local authorities. Um, it identified the priorities. I, I won't speak to this in great detail because we have had the opportunity to debate this on a number of things, but we wish to make sure that the budget is consistent with the responses that are received both from residents uh, and from the priorities that they identify, and we see align. The, the important headline figure is to say that the 2019-20 budget has a surplus of £2.2 million uh, for the year 2019-20. Um, and uh, there is a significant growth within the budget. Service growth, as set out on note 20, is identified at over a £1 million of service growth. Um, that is still a significant service the pro- proposal and the reasons for this recommendation set out are set out on note 22 is that the uh, surplus for the year is put into specific reserves a um, funding reserve of 1 million and 59 pounds a secondary reserve rates reserve of one forty one thousand pounds there is a detailed breakdown um, of each of the general of the general budget and each of the portfolios, as set out on pages 120, and the breakdown by portfolio on pages 129 through to 135. Then there is a in appendix, Annex H4. Um, There's a helpful table, which I'm just having a look at to remind myself what it says. Um, That continues with our risks and assumptions. Uh, This is what you might know as the known unknowns. Um, Then moving slightly backwards in this document to the headline figure, which is the implications for council tax. The proposal is that we increase council tax by 2.99% in 2017, sorry, 2018-19, a band D council tax was £147.21 as a consequence of the proposed increase of 2.99%. This will take it up to £151.61, an increase of £4.40, um, which I calculate as being less than £10 per week. I do need to draw Cabinet's attention to uh, what council tax was 10 years ago compared to what it is today. So in 2010 2011 council tax for a Band D property was £147.42 under this budget it has risen over 10 years by 2.8% to £151.61 So there is a surplus which we have identified and a use for which that surplus will be put, a funding reserve and a business rates reserve. There's significant service growth. Um, I can point to a number of things that I think that members will be particularly interested in knowing. That grants to the voluntary sector remain stable at 525000 The members' new homes bonus remains unchanged. The fees and charges, as set out in H6 on pages 142 to 151 show no change in parking fees, although Councillor Dean quite rightly pointed out there was no reference in the scrutiny papers to parking at Stansted, but I'm assuming that Stansted is not being treated differently to the rest of the district. So no changes to parking, a reduction in garden waste collection service for those who pay by direct debit or online, the museum fee remains unchanged, day centres unchanged, Allotments unchanged, lifeline unchanged. So this is a budget which looks to preserve services where we can, continues to invest where we can, while being very conscious that our, of our responsibilities to manage uh, council tax as responsibly as we can as well. I won't speak in detail to the uh, Equalities Impact Assessment, and I'll ask you to take note it. And then, if you don't mind, I'll refer you back to Appendix A, on page 17, um, some of the technical things that we have to go through. Section 25 report on the robustness of estimates and adequacy of reserves. Uh, and that is a formula uh, which is applied by the Section 151 officer to assess the minimum safe contingency. The formula is on page 17, um, and I won't speak to the details of what that, uh, the Director of Finance and Corporate Services has identified as the safe contingency level, but those are set out. Um, I also need to refer you to the risk items set out on pages and 19 to 20, and then the important focus on item 13 or note 13, which is the medium-term financial strategy, shows a cumulative deficit over the next five years, uh, and need to support this. To address this deficit, the investment strategy, which is set out in Appendix B. Uh, recommends that the Council approves up to £100 million of borrowing for investment to generate additional income over the next three years. I'll speak to the context, uh, contents of Appendix B uh, shortly, um, but the investment strategy is clearly a critical part of our approaching the challenge of the medium-term financial strategy and what it means. I need to refer you to Appendix a1 which is our reserve strategy we have to build, um, reserve or and challenges that we have known have been ahead of us, items of investment that we understand. Um, and so I, I'm always quite sure how they are going to pan out but we recognise that they may well occur. So our on our reserves. Uh-huh. I think we need to emphasize the context of this, a 1% increase in council tax raises £55,000. The scale of the challenge in front of us is way, way beyond council tax increases. There are, it's a very simple binary choice for me. You either cut your services if your income is going to be reduced, or you increase your revenues, you increase your income. Um, you just on your mic, it went off. Um, I don't wish to speak at length about where I would hope the council would um, want to invest but clearly I'm of the view that Chesterford Research Park had a number of very compelling uh, explanations and reasons as to why it was a good investment. It was not a start-up. It was in existence. It had been running for 20 years. It was a proven business. Um, I also recognise that we are not necessarily experts, although there are experts around the table on, on running investments and we were lucky in the, in the, in the case of Chester Research Park, we have a partner that's culturally aligned, that's someone who runs the park on our behalf and we are a financial investor, investor and we're learning how to do things. Um, And we are fortunate to be able to to piggyback, if that's the right phrase, off what is the the Greater Cambridge Phenomena. But I do recognise it's a very rare opportunity. Opportunities like that don't come along very often. We may have to widen our our remit. Um, Councillor Dean talked about the governance arrangement. And assuming that the Council approves the recommendation, I recognise that we do not currently have a governance arrangement in place for this additional investment. It will not take place through Aspire, so we cannot use the current structure. I hear the comments about perhaps the necessity to increase the number of non-executive directors on Aspire, and I think that's something that we can look at. And I I certainly think that we should come away from this meeting with an instruction to officers to prepare the governance proposals for this investment strategy. I think that we want to ensure that it accords with the government structure that we have in place with Aspire. We don't want to have something which is, looks very different to the one that, that we have with Aspire. Um, I've always been of the view that council is the body that resp- is responsible and should be responsible for making decisions on investment. It should be councillors because councillors are ultimately responsible to the electorate. I've also been of the view that the day-to-day management of an investment should be at an arm's length uh, arrangement with individual councillors. I don't think that we want to get into the habit of chopping and changing. Our investment strategy will only work if we start thinking in decades, rather than five years or just the term of a council. And I like councillors very much. I've got many friends around the the room with 39 people. But I, but I also recognise that we often don't make very good decisions, Short-term, we're often motivated by quite short-term decisions. So I think there is real merit in having a governance structure for our investments that includes officers and non-executive directors that will encourage us to think long-term. But that reports back to councillors is ultimately answerable to councillors, that councillors take the decisions on the original investment and continue to monitor and check on on their activities. But it will avoid erratic movements. I'm also conscious that we have not necessarily approached the decision-making the best way. I don't think that taking decisions at the end of a congested agenda uh, is the right way to do it. I would certainly hope that in future we would have standalone meetings when we undertake investments, or at least we would very least do them at the start of meetings. Um, so I recognise that timing is often a challenge when it comes to investments like this. Leads in a short, um, but it is my hope that we will try and broaden the participation, um, and I think that. While I've never been a fan of an investment committee, uh, particularly an investment committee comprising external participants, Um, I think that, whatever we call it, a a grouping of councillors who are responsible for vetting and proposing uh, uh, investment opportunities comprising a A cross-section of councillors, so for example the leader, one or two cabinet members and leaders of other groups, would be my suggestion as a possible way forward. I genuinely do not think that deal flow is the issue here. Um, In the last week I've had phone calls from five intermediaries, for some reason they've identified me as working as the finance member for a council, and suddenly I've got on a mailing list or a telephone and, and I cannot be the only finance member who is being called up and say I've got a great investment opportunity for you in Reading or Warrington or wherever it is. I, the, the, the truth is the deal flow is not the problem. It will be about identifying the right deals and doing it the right way. So, we have a wealth of experience and knowledge around the tables uh, at council uh, Councillors should be ultimately responsible um, but I wouldn't want to see us delegating responsibility to external outsiders to make these decisions, though I recognise the current arrangement. Um, while it was appropriate when we set it up, we're learning how to do it, when it comes to this next phase we probably do need to put a new governance arrangement in place. So. That was my suggestion picking up from what Councillor Dean has said at scrutiny, Uh, but I leave it to Cabinet to decide what their thoughts are on that subject. So, that is the budget and I now have to read through each of the recommendations. So, Appendix A, uh, and I'll get to the change as we get to it. Appendix A, which is the Section 25 Report, Robustness of Estimates and Adequacy of Reserves, Roman numeral 1 takes account of the advice of the report when determining the 2019-20 general fund budget and council tax, Roman numeral 2, approves the risk assessment relating to the robustness of estimates as detailed uh, in the report, Roman numeral 3, sets the minimum safe contingency level for 2019-20 at 1300000 $1,308,000 1308000 for the general fund and 499000 for the housing revenue account, Roman numeral 4, adopt the reserve strategy set out in Annex A1, uh, Roman numeral 5, agrees that no transfers to or from the working balance should be built into the 2019-20 budget. Appendix B, our investment strategy. Uh, Roman numeral 6, adopt the investment strategy 2019-20. 7, agrees the principles of of up to 20 billion of additional borrowing across the 2019-20, 2020-21 and 2021-22 financial years um, for loans to aspire, CRP Limited, for future development at Chesterford Research Park, Roman numeral 8. Agrees to the principle of up to 80 million of additional borrowing across 2019 20, 2020 21 and 21 22 financial years for investment outside of Chesterford Research Park. Appendix C, the medium term financial strategy, Roman numeral 9, approves the medium term financial strategy. I'm now not going to confuse you by changing any of the numbers, but there is no Roman numeral 10. That is repeated under Roman numeral 12 under Appendix D. So we'll just delete that if you don't mind. Uh, Appendix D, Treasury Management Strategy. Roman numeral 11 approves the Treasury Management Strategy. Uh, Roman numeral 12 approves the amended maximum level of investment with other local authorities from 6 million to 2 million per local authority as set out in the counterparties table within the Treasury Management Strategy. From... Six, two, three. Uh, did, did I say something different? I, so I beg your pardon. Three. Beg your pardon. Appendix E, capital strategy, Roman numeral thirteen, approves the capital strategy. Uh, Roman numeral fourteen approves the minimum revenue provision as set out in Annex E one. Appendix F, capital program, uh, Roman numeral fifteen, approves the five-year capital program. Appendix G, housing revenue account. Roman numeral 16 approves the housing revenue account Appendix H, General Fund Revenue and Council Tax uh, Appendix, uh, sorry, Roman numeral uh, 17 approves the General Fund Council Tax requirement of £5,657,106 uh, Roman numeral 18 approves the schedule of fees and charges as set out in Annex G6 and then under the Equalities Impact Assessment under Appendix I, uh, Roman numeral 19 notes the outcome of the EQIA. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much indeed, Councillor Howell. Do I have a second? Councillor Redfern, thank you. Um, the the sadness was I think the whole system went down during your excellent presentation so apologies to those of you listening outside Uh, I'm sure, uh, well it will be in the minutes obviously Um, and um, uh, I'm sure Councillor Howell will be pleased if anybody did want to get in touch with him in terms of um, fleshing out some of the detailed points so uh, for obvious reasons I won't repeat the recommendation I think we all understand what they are but I will just say a few uh, further words on the investment because we're not at the investment strategy because in terms of the governance we don't have a recommendation in front of us tonight so we'll take the strategies that's laid out but uh, we I think we are universally committed to ha- to reviewing the governance and that we're asking officers tonight to come back pretty quickly to be fair because who knows when the next investment opportunity might uh, emerge uh, with with a proposal and um, I think you touched on a number of points. I, just to point out, a number of, number of us are familiar with the NHS model. I'm not suggesting that's perfect. There are many mistakes made by NHS trust boards, but uh, their, their, their situation is an equal number of exec and non-exec with a non-exec chairman. So that might be something we want to consider for a SPA. And then, as you said, Councillor Howell, to have a, a, a copy of that for the other investments and just to see how that works. And obviously, not to. Um, be in any kind of contradiction with the spa but to to run alongside it so I'm sure we'll be able to come up with that and for always for the ultimate decision to be taken by councillors because at the end of the day it's public money and it's their responsibility to make that final decision I think uh, the other thing just to add is that in terms of the briefing of councillors I think that I, I totally take your point about uh, we look at these things too late at night so we'll, we can easily deal with that uh, but the other point I think is to take councillors on a journey so they're not presented with something on one occasion they've, they've become familiar with it through briefings either full, full member briefings or by group if, if the groups would prefer that and we'll have started that process uh, with the group leaders meeting as well uh, so that the group leaders are aware of a potential investment and so we can so there's much more time to consider this in detail so I think if you take that as a as a given we'll obviously have to come back with the detail of that but uh, we will review our the governance of our in, in, of investment strategy notwithstanding that any comments on the council lodge
5: Thank you, Chair. Um, I'm pleased to inform Councillor Howell that that my group has uh, spent much time on this with Mr. Webb and and Mrs. Knight, so we've looked at that. We've spent uh, a lot of time on uh, on considering all aspects of this. I'm pretty sure that uh, the colleague on my left uh, has done with the Liberal Dem group as well, so um, we have gone through a lot of the work, so... You you put a lot to us there and um, I think we're we're very much aware of the the bulk of it, particularly the investment strategy, which um, I think will be the subject of quite a lot of uh, discussion over coming months. Um, I have have one major comment on that and then a couple of questions, one minor, one major. With regard to... um, Councillor Howell's comments on on what appeared to be an advisory group for the investments. I think I probably have a major disagreement there. First of all, to say that absolutely it is the function of councillors to make those decisions. Um, However, I think that we do need to look to outside um, advice as far as the... uh, The direction of our investments on the individual investments, and I think that an advisory group, an investment. OK, a couple of questions, one, um, one minor, one major. On the, uh, on the reduction of the um, investment limit from £6 million to uh, three million, um first of all, it's quite understandably, if, uh, if we're dealing with Spellthorn, you may want to be a little bit careful there. But I'm wondering, if the, is this, a, is this a, a recognition that is a, a major reduction in the quality of local authority debt? I can come, I can, I can come
4: back with the nods. I
5: hear the other question as well. um, yes. Um, it was with, with regard to the um, uh, the removal of the cap for um, uh, for, for for council housing, particularly. Um, I think that this again will be a subject for a lot of discussion in in coming months, and I think that probably because it's early days, we've, we've, we've undercooked this in, uh, in what we're looking at. I think that if we look at the, uh, the government's aim to build 300,000 uh, new homes a year, if we look back over, over years when we were successfully generating uh, maybe uh, 50% more than that at the best of times, this was achieved by building, I think, somewhere of the order of two-thirds of those were in fact done by, uh, by local councils. So was. Council housing. We've talked about 100 that we've done. It's an absolute drop in the ocean. Um, It's early days I say but I would like to think that very soon we'll be looking at a strategy for using the borrowing from the Public Works Board in a way that we're looking to use it for commercial investment and see whether um, we can up again significantly on that. So really the second that question there was... um, Do we have plans? Would we like to do that? And maybe Councillor Redfern would like to uh, have her views on that.
4: Shall I kick off with an answer? You're absolutely right, Councillor Lodge. We have had discussions about the merits of an advisory group. Um, I, I do need to emphasise we take significant external advice already. And the idea that officers generate ideas themselves without any external advice if I've given that impression it is quite wrong and I apologise they take advice and they have a deal flow from our advisors, companies such as Cushman's and Lovell's who advised us originally on the Chester Research Park I reiterate the point that I don't think the challenge is around deal flow, uh, it is about making sure that I I think it is about ensuring that you take appropriate external advice at the right point in the process Um, but I genuinely don't think that being bombarded with a hundred opportunities and trying to distill those down to a small number of good ones is the right approach. This is in my view, using the metaphor, more about a rifle shot than a scattergun approach. And we will make this work if we identify really good opportunities, not found in dozens of opportunities. We had it a bit ago. Um, I still very much feel that that would not solve this But there are ways to ensure good deals in an external group just to generate ideas.
5: No, sorry, you seem to be answering a question I haven't asked.
4: <laughs> uh, well, I'm. The uh, point that you made about the fact that we've debated this in the past, and we have, you have a difference of the, the merit of the advisory body. The specific questions that you raised were the reduction of investment limits from 6 million. I believe that. There is uh, a local, local authority, and I think it's than anyone else. that is probably an example for this, though I would have to refer de- to Arlene Close for the details of why I made that recommendation. Uh, you're absolutely right, presenters. Us- only work if it's affordable. But as exciting as it is, just because we have a good idea, it has is is my view as the finance. Thank you, Simon.
3: Um I appreciate your comments about the debt cap, but I think you've got to put it in perspective here. That is a very recent announcement, and it is something. Of course, we're all as we've got the group that um, I share with uh, Councillor Dean, where we're looking at different ways of delivering and different types of delivery of affordable housing. But um, 100 new homes may feel like a drop in the ocean to you, but actually you've got to bear in mind this is a very expensive district that we live in and it's the land availability and what we've done is made the best of the assets that we already already own because that was land that we had but let's not forget that we may have done a hundred houses but we also have a tremendous record of delivering affordable housing through housing associations so there's it's, a, it's not just us delivering um, affordable housing and I think, I can't remember the exact figures, but I think between 12 and 14 percent of the properties across this district are either council-owned or housing association properties so I think that is something to to, um, bear in mind and as Councillor Howell referred to, we we we, um, bought ourselves out of the housing subsidy some years ago and we had a big plan of how we were going to deliver more council housing and we 've been really quite successful at doing that, but we have had this one percent rent reduction, which hasn 't just been this year it has been for um, the last four years, and that makes a massive difference to how we can um, re- how much money we 've got available to to deliver further housing. We also have um, the issue of right to buy to contend with and um, the fact that we need to replace properties that are bought from us and whilst I am a member of the Conservative Party I have to say I spend a fair bit of time lobbying this particular government on their, um, they want councils to deliver more housing and as far as I'm concerned they do very very little to to help us do that but I think really Uttlesford has got something to be proud of. I, I mean I know you didn't come to the various openings that we've had but we've got something else tomorrow uh, on Thursday which is a uh, partnership with um, other councils and another housing association delivering a different type of supported housing. So whilst I appreciate what you're saying, hundred feels like a drop in the ocean you've got to look at it in the bigger context of Uthlesford. We do we, we are quite good players in um, in uh, for all housing I mean we are the leaders in um, Essex and possibly the country for rural housing um, sites as well so it's yeah the rural um, housing exception sites so I get your point and no one would like to deliver more council housing than me and we will look at the debt cap I'm going to shut up now because I could go on and on but I think you know you have a point but I think we do do under the circumstances I think you should be proud of what this council has done so far
0: Any other comments? Councillor Dean?
2: The red light came on. That's good. I'd like to talk briefly about um, garden communities and the, um, the content of the budget. In the papers that you that the cabinet and other members have in front of them doesn't go down to the, the detail that I, I'd hoped for, uh, hence I've had to do some research elsewhere, but within the, um, the top line of gross expenditure, which of course is a large sum of uh, 35 million in the coming year, there is hidden within there, I shouldn't have used, oh, I've been frowned out, sorry, I shouldn't have used the word hidden, but included within that figure. <laughs> um, for this year, uh, a figure of 681,760 under the cost centre, or various cost centres for garden communities. Now, we all know, both the members of this council and uh, members of the public outside, that the biggest initiative on our um, agenda at the moment is the delivery of the local plan which includes two and a half or three garden garden communities and in in my bit of research I I discover that um, within that total figure of this year or in the coming year of just short of 700,000 there is a sum of 600,000 under the heading of consultants. In other words, the the biggest sum in there is for consultants. And if you look at um, the year 2023-24, that that figure is 800,000. So that's the largest amount within that whole heading of of garden settlements Um, and and and, and the, the, the total is still 890. The point I'm getting round to is saying that by I'd have thought by 2023-24 we ought to be contemplating much larger sums because that's the year that housing in the garden settlements should start to be delivered and therefore by that time the council will have made up its mind what role it's going to have in terms of that delivery and whether it requires significantly larger sums to participate in the delivery of the garden settlements. Now, you know, I know it's some way off as to how that's going to happen. So all I'm saying at this stage is that I'd like to suggest that that the next review of, I guess it's the next review of the MTFS, that some further thought is given to 2023-24 as to whether that number should be significantly higher and I guess that would have to be depending on what role the Council wants to have, be another strand of borrowing. Um, Tonight's not the time to make something up on the hoof, I'm just flagging this up as I think something that needs to be, thought needs to be given before the end of this calendar year as to where we might be in four years' time. Thank you. So
0: um, the the figure uh, in this financial year, Mr Webb will help me, is is in the order of £800,000 for the cost of the local plan. Um, I I don't um, um, particularly recognise the consultants figure, but you've done your research. So um, the the bulk of the cost over the last uh, five, six years has been the the permanent strategic planning team. which, as you know, would be in place whether we were doing a local plan or not. Uh, I mean, you know only too well uh, that consultants come in two forms. We have to do umpteen reports in terms of whether it be a sports strategy, a heritage strategy, or whatever the case may be, infrastructure strategy. So they all cost money. In addition to that, some of the team up there, of course, are here on a short-term basis because of their very special expertise. So, uh, But we, we, uh, we, we can get that breakdown. I would hope, God willing, Um, that if the plan goes through uh, later on this year, that a lot of that cost will have gone. Now, there will be a continuous cost around uh, the development plan documents and the close working, so that will maintain a cost. Whether you're referring then to uh, our investment in the actual implementation, but I would hope that the need for consultants and uh, the actual local plan mechanism we would have got over that hurdle so um, but, 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 but you, you know clearly we, we, we will be uh, making it happen but uh, have we given that consideration in terms of the cost Do you want to come back to that Councillor Howell?
4: Well, well I think it's important to identify two separate different issues. Different issues one is the local plan and one is what garden communities might look like and We haven't yet decided what is the nature of the Council's involvement in the garden communities. And you quite rightly identify 2023-24 as the likelihood uh, when that will be known. Although the decision may be taken before that, we base the budget on the known knowns. And we base it on the Council's current policies and what we currently plan to do, not what we might choose to do, at some point in the future. So it's a bit like putting the horse before the wagon. We can't, I can't put forward a proposal for our involvement in the garden communities and what that might cost until I know what the, council's, what the council's involvement looks like. But clearly we have spent a significant amount of money so far in crafting what garden communities will look like and we will continue to be involved in that crafting exercise and there may be a role for the Council at some point in the future to be involved in the running, organising, building and operating of garden communities but until the Council makes that decision there can't be a line in the budget for something that's unknown. But we will continue to fund our current strategy which is to closely guide, monitor and participate in the evolution of that vision for garden communities and that costs money. Whether they're employed upstairs on full-time contracts or they're employed as consultants, the end result, the output is the same.
0: Your mic's not on.
2: Sorry, uh, I don't think we're disagreeing with each other. I think we're more or less on the same wavelength in that um, all I'm flagging up is that At the moment, there is nothing in there. I am certainly not criticising the fact that we employ consultants, because clearly that is important and and has been important for several years. All I am flagging that up is that that is the only big number in there at the moment, and uh, that we we need to start thinking beyond that and and, and about the delivery, as you say, uh, Councillor Rolfe, that. if we are participating then let, in in the same way as we are saying well we're going to be running out of uh, general general fund income therefore we've got to start thinking ahead let's put something let's anticipate something let's sorry let's anticipate future um borrowing in order to raise that revenue. The same goes with, without knowing specifically what we are going to do. I am just flagging up the same sort of principle that, that we need to start thinking ahead soon and, and that it will need to be reflected yeah. here. No, sure, but I think and Councillor Howell is absolutely right. There, yes. is, there is a difference
0: between preparing the plan, which is expensive, and we, as I say, last year was around the £800,000 and the investment. Don't, don't forget that we put in a bid, of course, of £5.5 million. Pounds in terms of uh, the, the, the investment, but uh, that, that, that will need to be a, a decision as and when we have clarity about uh, what needs to be done. Okay So going back to the earlier, I don't sense there's a big area of disagreement here, I, think, um, I don't think uh, Councillor Howell and Councillor Lodge were uh, arguing about an advisory group, I think you were just coming at it from a slightly different angle um, we all agree that uh, that councillors will make the final decision it is what is brought to the filtering process to bring the, the, the project to councillors that we're talking about the governance arrangement for that so um, and, and the cap I think we've talked adequately about that um, but uh, we agree we've got an opportunity and we need to work out how we fulfil that opportunity any other no well, in which case, uh, we've, got a re- we've had the recommendation read to us. We have a seconder. So those in favour of the budget?
1: Recommending the budget to council. Recommending the
0: budget to council, quite correct. Yeah, yeah as read out. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, unanimous. Good. Um, that then takes us to item 10, which is the uh, corporate...
4: Item 9.
0: Oh, you're quite right. I thought you had finished. Quite right. Item 9. Sorry. Yeah.
4: Uh, Leader of Councillors, item 9 I didn't include because I feel that it deserves to be addressed separately and and it stands or falls on its its own merits. The government announced in its budget in October that it would provide a business rate discount scheme for occupied retail properties with a rateable value of less than £51,000. For the financial years 2019-20 and 2021, you'll recall we've had a number of discussions about the local business rates regime locally and the changes that have taken place in the last 12 months that took a significant number of local businesses entirely out of the business rates environment. has also introduced increases to business rates for a significant number of local businesses and the relief programs that have been put in place to manage the implementation of those increases. And this is a further uh, iteration on that process and it's specifically directed at retail businesses that fit between the £13,000 rateable value and £51,000. I won't speak about the challenges facing the high street because they are widely and prominently reported. We're all very conscious and aware of the difficulties many retail businesses are facing for a variety and multitude of different reasons. Um, But the government has listened and it is putting in place a relief program for the next two years that will reduce rates uh, rateable values or rather rates for these businesses by one third um, over the two years to point out that the relief uh, awarded by the council will be fully reimbursed for the uh, authority. That we have taken advantage of our experiences of introducing the last relief scheme, and we won't be inviting applications, we will be ensuring that eligible businesses receive this relief. It's a very helpful summary of the type of businesses that will meet the criteria and a shorter list of businesses that will not meet the criteria. Um, and so it is my hope uh, that you will propose a you will um, support the recommendation to council for approval to adopt the discretionary discount for the years 2019-20 and 2021 set out in this report and the attached business rates policy appendix B under section 47 and delegate authority for decision making on awarding re- retail relief to eligible businesses to the section 151 officer. Thank you. Seconder,
0: Councillor Barker. Councillor Barker, question.
1: Councillor Howell, I believe i read in the paper somewhere that we will get a grant for the software to help the officers work this out. Has that been forthcoming as yet? Because looking at those calculations Oh, and they're not easy, are they? They're not straightforward, and there will be queries. Yeah, I'm really pleased to hear that we're going to the businesses and saying, come on, you're eligible, but uh, we do need a sensible system that will help the officers work through this.
3: The, the grant is available and um, we are eligible for it. The thing is, we're still waiting for Northgate to update the software.
0: Any other questions? Okay, propose a second of those in favour? Thank you very much, carried unanimously. That does bring us to item 10, which is the Corporate Pran Refresh. Um, It's a pretty minor refresh, to be honest with you. Um, Those of you who uh, were totally familiar with every word of the previous one um, will notice that um, the spirit is still living. But what I really want to draw your attention to is, um, and by all means comment uh, on the... um, four primary objectives, uh, and the vision as well, is we have added at the bottom that underpinning our priorities are three important considerations for the way that we deliver the services. One is to uh, manage and and minimise the environmental impact of our activities, I think that's something close to all of our hearts. Uh, The second is to maximize the use of digital and smart technology to enhance well-being. Now we we all went to a a session at Chesterford Park for uh, garden communities or many of us did but it's not just about uh, the new garden communities, it's obviously technology that we can use uh, in the existing um, business as usual. And, um, and finally, and again, subjects, a subject that we've discussed at Council, is to demonstrate our commitment to diversity and inclusion. So um, those three themes are underpinning uh, all of the above, but very happy to take comment or questions on our vision and our plan themes.
2: Chairman, you, you prompted me to, um, on, on the first bullet point, um, and this is not um, a, um, a frivolous comment, it, it's, um, it's something that arose yesterday with the, the news about the rapid decline in insects across the whole country, not just in Uttlesford, but I presume that Uttlesford has happened, the and the world, well indeed the world, it, it, it's just a case of whether there, anybody knows of anything one that, that one can do locally, to reverse that trend and I just leave that thought out there I'm not looking for an answer tonight um.
0: (laughs) No, but it's a very important point it's all part of our biodiversity uh, and what we can do to sustain that uh, particularly in a rural environment which is where we we are so we can do more than many Any other comments? If not um, the recommendation is that the draft corporate plan be recommended to council for approval uh, I, have a, I propose a seconder. Councillor Riles, thank you. Uh, those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. Um, the next item would be if there's any urgent business. Uh, I'm not aware of any, so meeting closed. Thank you very much.
1: Too much paper. That's not good for our environment.
0: No, that's true. That is true. No, it's ever so difficult for
1: managing a meeting on On a screen. Go yeah. yeah, back to the agenda again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I've got an issue with.